Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to episode three of the Supreet and Manweer podcast. I'm your host, Supreet Rar. And I'm your host, Manweer Sandhu. Thank you for joining in today. Uh, today's topic is very near and dear to both of our hearts, um, especially how, how much it applies to us, I guess. But today we are going to be talking about immigration. Um, I know it's, it's a controversial topic, to say the least. Yeah, especially um, especially in this day and age. <laughs> yeah. And people have their own, uh, I guess, values in terms of how they see it. And I I guess I want to start off with an interesting stat. <laughs> um, okay. In 2019, still, uh, only 62% of the Americans believe that immigrants strengthen the country. But other 28% believe that they're still a burden. In 2019... Can you believe that? That is crazy. Because, uh, well, do you have a stat on what is the total number of uh, workers, like percentage-wise, like immigrants, as in from the working force? Um, no, I haven't looked into that. Um, I'm not sure if you have a number, but I, yeah. since both of us came as uh, student, on student visas, he went to Canada, I came here to U.S., uh, I do have numbers on student visas and student workers, but not on like the total immigration population. Yeah, yeah, I don't have the numbers too, but I, I was just thinking that's that is a pretty crazy stuff that people don't, <laughs> yeah. you know, people think it's a burden. Yeah, I think it's it's a lot to do and with the political views, especially after the twenty sixteen election or just right before yeah. that, the climate in the U.S. has changed a lot. Well, I think. Yeah, yeah. In in uh, in Canada, well, I'm not sure if about rest of Canada how it is. Maybe it's mm-hmm. a little bit different, but in Alberta, I've seen that. But I think the main reason is the industry here has been so bad for the last eighty years yeah. almost. So mm-hmm. you know, people see people address rate, and people are making a lot of money right without earning, like without uh, sorry without getting a degree, you could make hundreds of thousands of dollars each year yeah. working in the oil fields, right? And now yeah, that's always true. Those jobs are away, and then you know, like they're stealing our jobs. I'm like, no, you didn't do <laughs> those, those jobs, yeah. and then <laughs> you know, yeah. you were busy making. Well, it's just good, like that. The industry, the oil and gas industry, they do provide good income to people, right? Even immigrants oh, yeah, and sure. everyone, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there were other jobs that immigrants took over. But you know. Yeah. I guess you and me both are fortunate that we got good education. We came here on a student visa, right? And then we got Mm -hmm. into professional jobs. Mm -hmm. But I do, like, in in my industry, there is a little bit less there is, but there is a little bit less just because, you know, that's just the industry. Tech doesn't, you know, different. uh, What would be the word? What do they say? I can't even say. Like the, oh, like tech yeah. industry? Or? Yeah, tech doesn't discriminate. Well, the, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, the tech itself does not, but uh, yeah, pe- people sure. in tech do. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 I see what you mean. Um, so I guess um, before we dive into anything else, um, I guess we should start with our per- personal story. Uh, would you want to start? Yeah, well, I guess for me, uh, I came to Canada in 2012. Funny enough, today is 16th August. I came to Canada on 18th August, 2022. Oh, sorry, 2012. What the hell? 2022 will be my 10 years. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's crazy. So it would be nine years, two days from yeah. now. Which mm-hmm. is crazy to think about. It like, is. Two years in school and then from there. Saying it's been, um, you know, two years in school and then, you know, got my first job in 2014 September I think and then it's been you know long seven years <laughs> not long yeah really. I've been saying long because the first two three years were long because you know I was living in a city where where you're not used to right living in a small city where you don't know anybody yeah um, um yeah that, that makes sense um I guess for me um I came here to the States uh, on December 17th, 2013. Um, So it's going to be 
I guess almost eight years this December uh, since I've been here. Yeah, but I, I came to do my bachelor's, I guess. Uh, did my bachelor's here in Texas. Uh, got a couple of jobs right after college, but uh, none that I really like. <laughs> but uh, now I'm at a place that where I can say I actually like and enjoy working. And it's actually in my field that of interest that I wanted to and related to my studies, I guess. So it, it has been a crazy story. But I know just talking to you and other people who are in Canada um, on a student visa who came to Canada it's just such a different story for me compared to you in terms of the specifics of how immigration works yeah, in these countries yeah I, I'm, I'm not uh, well that's why we're having this conversation I'm not really sure what the process is uh -huh. in US for me it was I think the first few you know years were tough after after school because you know you're hoping to get a job which can you can use to get your permanent residency and all that right mm -hmm. but that that's the first thing but then it's because i came to alberta i i've been all over alberta ever since i've been here and i've lived in yeah. a lot in smaller cities like i've been in calgary for now almost three and a half years but before that i've lived in smaller cities so mm -hmm. it was a big cultural shift for me right like oh yeah for I, sure i came from when i came from india i came directly to medicine hat right that, that was where my college was mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that is a town of a city well according to canada is a city but <laughs> a big town in india but it's fifty thousand people and then you know as a small everyone is almost retired and everyone was so nice which was really yeah. <laughs> surprising <laughs> because everyone is relaxed they're retired right they don't uh, have any worry so yeah that was living the life yeah <laughs> so my first two years surprisingly were like people have had bad experiences but for mm -hmm. me it was really good but i think the struggle was you know working at the same time of your you know in school you know that yeah. that, that was something well, in India, you never did that, right? Like until no. well, you you did have your house chores. You know, if you were in farming, yeah. you did a little bit of farming here and there, right? Help mm -hmm. your parents and whatnot. But otherwise, all you did was study, and then yeah. that was that was the change. Uh, but yep. I think I'm glad we are in a country where you know which promotes that. Like I know it's the same in US too, right? We are in countries which yeah. promotes that. To so me, that is really important, right? Once being able to take responsibilities on themselves and then yeah yeah for sure i mean we both came here or you went to canada when i say here you what <laughs> i guess america. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah north america in general uh uh it was just right out of high school um yep. for me i had to do the toefl test and the sats which oh yeah you have to do that i, I didn't have any idea what sats were just like a month prior from actually applying to u.s college so i was like dang it uh i guess i'll have to do that uh i did that test like i studied for my sats for like 20 days and uh, escaped the test how much did uh, you get you in a city i think uh, it wasn't good it was like 1600 something uh, which is like average okay because it's good, out though. of 20 2200 i think I, I don't even remember at this point it's been so many years 22 or 24 i, I don't know but yeah, I, I got like the average score, uh, which was good enough. Um, so with Canada, you just apply once you do your house exam. Yeah. Yeah. And you just apply and, you know, put in the application to the uh, Canadian immigration. But for U.S., um, yeah, and I had to apply and to five different universities i got five acceptance letters um and then i went to the interview um can you imagine yeah. the terror that i felt going to the interview that must like, have been crazy yeah it was imagine this so i'm a dude that's never seen any other person other than my own color and the interview is white it's a white dude middle-aged and he's sitting there asking me questions what do you want to go there? You know, what what are you going to study and why you don't want to do it in India and all that things of that nature. It's I was just, it's just nerve wracking just in general because you come from uh, a small city. But in my, our cases, we come from a village, but the whole culture in India is, I guess, 
people are not as outgoing as they are here. Yeah. So um, it, it, it is really different. So I was obviously nervous, but at the interview, I had to decide which university I wanted to go. And I chose University of Texas at Arlington because it was the closest to where my uncle and aunt was. And they were like, yeah, just stay here. You don't have to pay rent. You don't have to pay utilities. I was like, deal. You know, what else yeah. could I want? <laughs> and then I was like, and then they were like, well, why do you want to choose that? And I was like, well, um, it was in, first of all, it was in Texas. And the teacher, uh, the students are less per capita, obviously, because it's huge. Uh, and I was like, so I emphasized a couple of those points. Uh, and then... I, he told me that my visa was approved and he kept my passport. Like the disbelief that I had was insane. <laughs> like I was like, "Are you sure? Like, what's going on?" I know <laughs> because the immigration company that I applied through in India, I called them after the interview and I was like, "They approved me," and they're like, "They what? They approved <laughs> your visa?" <laughs> like that's how much they didn't believe me. Yeah. I was. I was going the wrong way to get at the exit from the embassy the, uh, in Delhi, the U.S. embassy. And they're like, no, sir, the exit the other way. Because I was like <laughs> so confused as to what's going on. Um, but yeah, that was a surreal moment uh, for me. Obviously, uh, a lot rides on your family too, especially in India. And you know how things are and how crazy they get. So if, if somebody gets a visa to this one of these countries and they're like, yeah. you know, you made it kind of thing. But as a student, you're still right out of high school. You're still trying to figure things out. You don't, you're trying to figure yourself out. Um, and then you go to this U.S. university that you're not aware of the culture. You're not aware of the people. Um, and then you don't know what to expect. And it's definitely a culture shock. And it was for me for at least, I don't know, eight to ten months that it took me to adjust. And just in terms of societal norms, per se, yeah. because it's everybody's so outgoing and, you know, everybody's so relaxed. But I guess back in India, when we were made to put on uniforms to just go to school and all the things and little tiny things that they nitpicked us on, like our hairstyle or our pants or our whatever, the tie, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, so it, it was kind of different to say the least but yeah i got used to it and then um i guess then i was at a point where i could say how far i've come in terms of just my own critical thinking i guess and then just going to college you know uh getting more exposure than uh completely different from your upbringing and the university i went to was it's like the, one of the most diverse campuses they have students from students from uh, 172 countries. Oh. So even though it was away from home, it was kind of comforting to see so much diversity and so many people, so many different students from all these countries, including so many of the international students just mingling together and going there to, you know, get their education. So it, it was really nice. Yeah, uh, it was pretty much the uh, same for me. Uh, well, yeah. going back to, you know, coming to here, I remember when I applied, of course, I didn't have to do the your way. I didn't have to. I did yeah. apply to a couple of colleges. I actually wanted to go to, there's a Institute of Technology here, South uh -huh. Alberta Institute of Technology, SAIT. Uh, that's where I wanted to study, but I missed the deadline to apply, I oh, believe. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, th those are big things because yeah. you're well, literally a another I didn't, world i did not have a passport until i graduated from high school right like i did yeah i, I remember i got my passport the day i got my uh, uh oh, it result reminds, right like, yeah it reminds me of me so sorry to cut you off but yeah. when i had to get my sats they needed to see my passport and i didn't have it <laughs> oh that's crazy and it was and i was scrambling to get it done the just the day before the yeah the test i got it just the day before that's it was crazy. insane sorry yeah. continue sorry yeah, to get you off no 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 for me it was uh, i remember uh it was also because you know you never know if you know you're gonna get the visa and all that right so yeah i was giving giving ai triple e examinations for those that you know there's all india engineering entrance examinations uh, yeah and i gave that exam i was preparing for that and at the same time mm. i was preparing for ielts like ielts the ielts exam mm. and uh, 
well, I took some classes for IELTS just to, you know, get, well, I, we knew English in our school, everyone spoke English, yeah. right? But yeah. I think we just had to kn- knew the, for- the format, know the format and everything, right? So, and took, just the listening part of it yeah. takes time because you're not used to the accent. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I did IDP, so that's the Australian accent, right? So, mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, that, there's that little bit of a change. But uh, so I remember I got my, uh, well, I started preparing my documentation. I got my passport and I talked to this, uh, you know, immigration consultant in Chandigarh. Right? Mm-hmm. And that, that's where I did. Yeah. Then we, I think from what I remember, uh, I gave my IELTS exam. And around that time, like when I gave the exam, I, I, well, well, I got my visa, oh, sorry, passport, and then I applied mm-hmm. for IELTS for I, the same day. I got my passport, and then I gave exam like two weeks after, and I got my result one week after. So by that time, mm-hmm. I had everything prepared, which was yeah. on the other end. So I got like seven bands, which was more than good enough. Yeah. And then by that time, I had got acceptance from Medicine Hat College. I think there was one other college, mm-hmm. but I chose Medicine Hat because my aunt was in Calgary, which is only three hours away. So mm-hmm. we gave that exam. Like, I mean, we submitted the application. Surprisingly, I got my visa and everything within, like, after I applied, we paid the mm-hmm. fees, the first year fees or whatever. There was yeah. all that. Oh, yeah. I also mm-hmm. had to do some, you know, for it, for some reason. There were some loan requirements that you have to show. If, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah, you have to. So I had to get all that approval, and then I mm-hmm. went and applied. I remember I, in like seven or eight days, I was, it was a funny thing because that was the season. Uh, yeah. We, we were at a farm with my cousin when I got the phone call. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I straight from there went to the city to move where my mom and everyone was. Yeah. And, and then we booked the tickets, I think. Uh, maybe that was beginning of August mm-hmm. when I got my visa. And then, you know, August 16th or 17th, I flew out of India. <laughs> like, yeah, I did all, yeah, all the shopping crazy. and everything. And when I came mm-hmm. here, it was, yeah, as you said, cultural. For, it took me a long time to come here, by the way. I yeah. my, my flight was from India to uh, Amritsar to Doha, Qatar. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. cut it to London, and from London it was supposed to from London to Calgary, but uh, that flight got uh, oh no the flight from Qatar got de- delayed, and then the, mm-hmm. the flight for Calgary had already boarded by the time we got there, so yeah of course they didn't let us on, and then oh, they gave geez. me another flight uh, from London to Ottawa, uh, Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, Ottawa Ontario just by Toronto, yeah. and then. Mm-hmm. I got there. My flight after that was, I think, in one and a half hours. But it took me about two hours f- just to, to go through the immigration. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they were like yeah, I hundred people or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd had to do the same thing. It was yes. so long. Yeah, and then they because I, I was supposed to catch another flight, but uh, there was a big thunderstorm. So all flights mm. got canceled for the next twenty four hours. So <laughs> they gave me Jeez. a hotel. In Ottawa. So oh, my God. I stayed there. So it took me... That's old, terrible. Yeah, I think it took me like th- 36, more than that, actually, because it was 24 oh hours. God. So then I reached Calgary, and then... Yeah. I, yeah, yours was extra long. Jeez, yeah. Louise. It takes. It usually takes, on average, like 24 hours. Yeah, but I... Just it, flying just with layover. Yeah, I was at Ottawa for more than 24 hours, which was good, actually. It was, it was a culture shock just being there, too, because was, everything <laughs> yeah. was so clean. You know, I know you're coming from, and that that is the <sighs> Canada's capital, right? So it was pretty. Yeah, pretty I don't cool. think anybody who's not an immigrant would relate to that <laughs> cleanliness comment. <laughs> I know, especially coming from India. Oh my God! Yeah, it was, it was insane. Um, for me, I I flew uh, Delhi to London and then London to Dallas Fort Worth. Uh, but yeah, even those flights were like nine hours each, and by the last flight, I was like, oh my God. This is taking way longer than I expected. Yeah, like mentally it takes longer, but you know, you knew how much it's gonna take, yeah. especially but when it's also, your first time flying, right? Like, yeah, because that, that was, yeah, me too. I've never been on a plane before. Like, the first international flight is to the U.S. with these international airlines, and I'm stressing about how I'm gonna do uh, change terminals and layovers. Yeah. And <laughs> Lon- I w- it was London Heathrow Airport. I'm probably 
Sorry, yeah. you you had the same right. one. Yeah, and it's so hard and because you have to take the, you have to change terminals with that bus, right? I know it's like the train. <laughs> they have shuttle. They have buses. They have like it's ridiculous. Yeah, I had to take. That was like the first time for me on the, that fast of a train <laughs> at any point in my life. Because in India, I have been on a train once. Well, it was yeah, slow. Those, yeah, those, <laughs> just saying. Those local trains are <laughs> local, not moving. local. Those interstate. Or whatever those yeah right? yeah those yeah slow yeah yeah but yeah that, that everything was new and then especially culture shock just began when everybody from delhi to london was mostly indians right well yeah. after that it's mostly people from all other races and i'm like oh yeah. no what's going I know. on <laughs> i know because my flight from Qatar actually that's where i found because a lot of people i guess they took a lot of still a lot of indians but yeah. there was no indian in a seat in me in the row in me or the row behind me or row, yeah row front of me right there were no indians there and i'm like okay this is this is what's gonna happen this is gonna be my yeah. next life but you yeah. know it's funny when i came to calgary uh when i reached calgary and uh, uh-huh. my uncle and everyone they live in an area which is like there is yeah. a lot of lot of punjabis and indians here so it was it mm-hmm. it wasn't uh until i re- went to medicine had where i got mm-hmm. you know got the proper you know multiculturalism because here it's it, yeah. it's a little bit like there was multiculturalism here like there's mm-hmm. multiple cultures but there's it's it's dominated by indians and pakistanis in this area right so it's somewhere oh it, yeah it looks like us a little bit but yeah when i went to medicine hat i was the complete shock i was living with a filipino there was a caucasian <laughs> guy uh yeah. living there and then you know uh to my uh, our <laughs> first day of school uh that reminds me since i'm in canada of course i gotta talk about this the first day of school i walked at because i saw outside it was sunny bright and sunny day mm-hmm. and then i wore a t-shirt and you know mm. i just walked to school it was it was of course and i walk out it's it's pretty cold because i didn't realize it it, it gets <laughs> even if it's sunny it gets cold here in canada sometimes yeah and then uh, i walked to school and someone in the middle was like why did do you know wear a sweatshirt or something like no it's it's fine <laughs> and then on the way back it actually snowed i think my first day of school oh, no. it's it snowed a little bit but i was just but i was just excited to see the snow to be honest oh yeah me too um i had to wait like a year and a half to see snow in texas you know because oh, yeah. it's texas <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah i mean i was excited i mean i've never so correction i did see snow one time we went to a hill station you know shimla right yeah. um and and surrounding areas the the famous hill station in india <laughs> <laughs> um and they did have snow there but it wasn't like snowing it was just snow on top of a random hill and mountains but yeah yeah but that that was interesting like i <laughs> there were so many firsts as soon as you just get on that plane i know it was i know ridiculous <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think the first few months as you get it first every day well that's a first yeah. <laughs> that's what you say to yourself <laughs> yeah uh, i mean just talking about as you were talking about i just looked this up uh about number of indians in canada as oh, of december 2019s there were over one million registered indians I, and i'm not sure if they're uh talking about now like up to 2021 how much they would be but yeah even in the u.s I, i'm pretty sure it's probably more um but yeah it's it's ridiculous uh, they said registering is uh, i'm not sure are they talking about, oh are they talking about native americans yeah or native canadians I, oh no this I is bad <laughs> i think they are that, that's that's how you know google's messed up jeez yeah, no. louise google oh my god uh oh no this, you, should, you have to write total indian immigrants in canada i think that's what you would jeez have to. louise oh my god <laughs> i apologize this is my first apology podcast here we go Uh, so it would be indo-canadians i think that's what it would be yeah they they call it different and i guess different regions because well there's a lot of indo-canadians here but i I believe the total number well the list i pulled up from 2016 it was 1.375 1.3 well 1.37 1.37 yeah million, over right? so i think yeah, right yeah. now so that was be, correct yeah it might be a little <laughs> bit more yeah that was correct yeah. so 
thank God, Google. We have hope. <laughs> and well, looking at the numbers, it's I, th- I think the number pretty much goes with the number of people in each province the only odd one is quebec but i understand that because not a lot of people know french and quebec is mm. this you need french to survive in quebec going to me so but yeah, yeah ontario is... first british columbia second and third is alberta but i believe population wise quebec is number three maybe i'm wrong i could be wrong. but yeah yeah um i guess for indian immigrants in U.S. Uh, it, it was saying in 2010s census it was 1.6 million. It's a decade. That's probably double now. Yeah, but that's Jeez, this is cr- that's crazy. The percentage is so slow compared to Canada. Com- Canada, four oh, percent yeah. of the population, right? Given that it's just 32 million people, mm-hmm. out of those, if that's 1.5, yeah. 1.4, 1.3, whatever, it's <laughs> that's maybe. why every time I go to Canada, I say like more indian people than i've ever seen wow. in no, the u.s I, combined that, yeah that's your problem you go to surrey bc right <laughs> i know right I, I need to, to explore the... other parts of canada yeah you need to go um, to Nunavut, and then you won't you will only see 65 indian people according to google jeez <laughs> well we shall see huh yeah. um okay um i guess moving on to um, just international students in the U.S. Um, I wanted to, I guess, again, I'm here with my numbers. Yeah. <laughs> there are over more than 1 million international students coming to the U.S. every year. Isn't that ridiculous? That is crazy. How many of them are from India, though? Uh, the f- number one country is China. Second is India. So oh. more than <laughs> more than at least a half, if not more. Uh, or one third let's say but yeah yeah, it's mostly Asian countries uh, for sure Uh, and predominantly China and then uh, India India second Um, and they contribute 45 billion dollars to the US economy every year and that's not including tuition that's including just retail dining and transportation isn't that ridiculous yeah that (laughs) is crazy well I found an interesting style interesting stat so mm-hmm. guess which three countries would be top for international students just in canada three. yeah no just three uh, i mean through countries around the where world where people which ex- usually come yeah two uh number one would be u.s yeah it'll be i could say see number three being canada maybe australia and uk yeah that's Other that's two? that's what it is it's uh United States, Australia, and then Canada. But yeah, Australia is intriguing. I didn't expect well, it to be such. Australia, Australia. Uh, what's the population for Australia? Don't even I, know. I don't know. But Just look it up. Canada is surprising to me because Canada, like, given we do accept a lot of international students, we accepted in 2019 642,000, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Which is almost half of what US accepted, but our. Yeah population is nothing right but i think yeah. at the same time we have a lot a big landmass right so canada do mm-hmm. needs a lot more immigrants you know to come here and then you know help the economy but i think at the same time uh this is the best way to come to canada and oh, yeah, it's the best way sure. government right because students mm-hmm. bring in the money and if they mm-hmm. if they can assimilate in the culture you know if they feel good yeah. being here then you know they pursue permanent residency and stuff right and work yeah yeah for sure and just as a student as as i was saying that in u.s it contribute they contribute 45 billion dollars just living here yeah imagine i I, I believe having sorry yeah sorry i believe the number for canada would be pretty high too I, i i did check i can't find for some reason can't find it right now but i believe mm-hmm. it was something like in billions i don't know how many billions but it was i think about 10 tell around 10 billion maybe around that because you yeah. know as an international student you do pay uh you know hefty fee compared to what other people pay so in us it's three times yeah it's, it's so i pay three similar. times every semester per course yeah <laughs> what a local student pays and in 2020 just because of the restrictions uh, fewer international student, students cost 1.8 billion dollars lost to the u.s alone oh. 
Yeah, I, I, bet it, I bet it's the same here, right? Like in Canada. Mm-hmm. Just crazy. Yeah. yeah. But because I think the demand went down last year, right? Because of COVID and then... Yeah, but Canada is still doing better relative to US because right after 2016 and the Trump administration, the restrictive laws, oh. uh, Canada and Australia saw 16% and 15% jump in their student oh, population. And US saw a decline for the first time in almost 10 years. Which is crazy because... Yeah. And another thing is, I don't know if you know, a lot of... Canadians do go to U.S. universities as well. well vice versa, yeah, too. I've sure. seen a lot of Americans here as well. Yeah, I but mean, U.S. is the number one country where students come to study. So it, it yeah. does make sense well, that everywhere. And I think for us is basically uh, what I have seen is uh, uh, in the U.S. it's easy to get into colleges because there's, uh, hmm. you know, a lot of colleges. What I mean is for... for I, Canadian, I guess, yeah, there are a lot of options. For Canadian students, for example, here, mm-hmm. they're... Uh, if you're going into optometry, uh, you know the no yeah. orth- orth- yeah. orthodontist. Like, is it the orthodontist, the, the eye doctor? No, yeah, it's yeah. the optometry that you were talking about. No, well, I think there is. Yeah, well, anyways, doctor optometry. <laughs> if that, the, yeah, uh, I think that's what it is. Yeah, but I think there's another one. Maybe I'm wrong. But anyways, those okay. t- there are only a few here in uh, in Canada. Maybe three or four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I don't remember the top of my head right now because I did look into it actually a couple yeah. of weeks ago. But mm-hmm. there are way more, you know, in U.S. And I've seen a lot of my friends who've actually gone to U.S. just because. Mm-hmm. And they, even if with the grades, right? Because the it's, it's the same thing we know, like, it's hard to get to schools in India because, like, high mm-hmm. good schools in India. And the main reason yeah. is only a few, right? And then mm-hmm. the competition is fierce, and it's it's same here. But U.S. they yeah. do have good schools all over the country because the population is so much, right? And then yeah, yeah, it does then, make sense uh, that way. But yeah, I mean, the American Council on Education said that the enrollment for twenty twenty one is expected to drop by fifteen percent, wow, including twenty five percent from international students. You know how yes. much international students pay for. Yeah. for actual tuition and them paying three times is actually subsidizing for the local students who go to these well, universities and that's, colleges yeah that's what i was seeing uh, especially so, small cities like for example medicine high right uh-huh. i was wondering why these yeah. cities right why are people coming but i think that's what they started doing to fund mm-hmm. those colleges better like yeah. our school had so many international students right mm-hmm. but because they only get so much in grants right they can only get so yeah. much in grants so they would yeah. have to resort to this and then and you know, especially push. yeah th- they do rely on public so if they're a public university or a college they do rely heavily on public grants but after the 2008 financial collapse and basically recession that funding got cut yeah by everywhere. more than three times yeah everywhere and that's why they started recruiting international students oh, okay. and that's why the fees went three times because they had to get money from somewhere to literally keep them open and, you know, last, I don't know if you heard last year, in 2020, when the Trump administration was like during uh, the pandemic was like, oh, if you're taking online classes and you're an international student, you're, de- you're going to be deported. And everybody was like in a frenzy, like, what? Like, yeah. this is not our fault. And it shouldn't be. It's just discriminatory, literally. Yeah, I, um, did, I did actually have some friends who had to come back to Canada yeah, and take ridiculous. online classes. And then once yeah, schools actually got back, they had to get back. The thing is, crazy. for people from India or other parts of the country, the flights weren't going. Like the, yeah. None of the flights went to their countries. I, I, what were they supposed uh, to do? I don't think he and used his brain. they were stuck there. <laughs> No, as well, well, whoever ridiculous. came up with the policy, I did find yeah. uh, how many percentage of uh, Canadian international students are from India. It's thirty four percent, and India oh is number one. <laughs> uh, the second is China. So India and yeah. China both make fifty six percent. Yeah, which which sounds about right. Yeah, um, the, the love Korean students here too. That's what I've. Uh, I think that that number must I be actually, in top yeah, five. I actually yeah noticed that. Six. Yeah, I, I actually noticed that while in BC. Well, actually, just in general population, I, I was right. So, uh, for twenty nineteen, uh, out of mm-hmm. six hundred and forty two total, six hundred uh, and forty two four eighty thousand and four eighty students out of those two hundred and nineteen thousand were Indians, and then oh, yeah, one hundred and forty one thousand were 
Chinese from China, mm -hmm. People's mm -hmm. Republic of China, and then twenty four thousand were from Korea. So yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, and then about yeah. twenty four thousand from France, which is surprising. And from France, number third is Vietnam, and number fifth is uh, USA. <laughs> yeah, Or yeah. I mean, it, it, it is. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. I know for sure that the most well, majority it of happen. students are Asian. Yeah. Well, you, uh, the, I'm just looking at the USA chart. I think USA because there is a lot of, uh, I know, student athletes come yeah. to Canada because, you know, sports is way crazy in USA. It's so same it's for US. Easy for them to come here, right? From uh -huh. USA to here because if they can get yeah. into a Canadian college with, mm -hmm. with the, you know, with the athletic abilities they can probably get into some canadian ones because our colleges are not that great at, we don't have a NCAA. yeah but the colleges here are more competitive than they're in canada yeah, yeah. we don't have ncaa or something like that yeah right? so it's, that's yeah what... yeah but I, i've seen the other way around people from here going to canada to get into these college and universities yeah. but the thing is in mostly i don't know which sports they're which sports are predominant in canadian universities well so it's, it's sure pretty much it's pretty much the same I, i would say the most is ice hockey of course right but uh, yeah yeah for sure uh, hockey here baseball. is really big baseball and basketball too mm -hmm. because i remember yeah, uh, in me medicine had right they were actually mm -hmm. i think there were two or three american uh you know people in our team and they were basically on on here because of their abilities right they were getting education and at the same mm -hmm. time they were playing for the college and our college was actually pretty doing pretty good in the leagues so well our, our, our system is weird we have like different leagues for universities different leagues for colleges mm -hmm. which did not make any sense to me but that apparently yeah we do have like de definitely ncaa AA, and then other few other leagues But yeah, it, it, they divide the colleges and universities in different tiers of how good they are. Uh, so you kind of compete yeah, to but, uh, make better your ranking better to compete D1, in the next D2, league. D1, D2, and D3, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it depends on the sport as well. So that's what they call it different oh, for each one. This is crazy. I actually got the number two. Sorry, I'm my bad. <laughs> Keep going down. So 22 billion and over 170,000 jobs thanks to Canada's international students. So that's crazy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, billion. so ever since Trump took office, the F1 students, so F1 students are basically someone on a student visa has the visa is called the F1 visa. Oh, okay. That was what, what I was on. Since 2016, the F1 students has declined, costing U.S. economy eight. 11.8 billion dollars that's crazy just since 2016 and costing more than 65,000 jobs that were going to be created wow. because of those students coming in can you imagine <laughs> the implications of them avoiding yeah. it so going back to the uh, trump administration actually blocking students and deporting them for during the pandemic and going back two days later harvard and mit filed a lawsuit against <laughs> Trump administration that. and got it removed because yeah. they rely heavily on international students tuition like yeah. they literally can't like the big universities are fine because they have big donors they have this big brand they're a brand yeah. they have a name they get money um, but other universities so 2000 universities and colleges came together along with MIT and Harvard in two days and filed a lawsuit <laughs> against trump administration which literally they had to rescind yeah. that uh legislation or it was like ex executive order it wasn't passed through congress definitely yeah. so that's the power like they that's know crazy. if we don't get grant from the government and if we don't get international students we can't keep our doors yeah. open well, they can't pay for their bills and what on the jobs front right I, i can see there was an international student department right and there were at least mm -hmm. 15 people employed there and i know all that was yeah. possible because of international student and that's a small college right mm -hmm. so i totally get what you mean yeah and then j just mm -hmm. going back to the 2016 the decline costing u.s economy 11.8 billion dollars yeah um and this literally comes at a point where international students are at an all-time high. Students going to other countries yep. is at an all-time high from around the world. But the U.S. is seeing a decline just because of the extra restrictive policies of yeah, the U.S. Yeah, I, I don't understand it, but, but I, 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 think, I think that was his 
voting base right like yeah yeah in 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 canada they're doing the opposite so i think uh, mm-hmm. the federal government decided that uh covid has it as bad we need more people to work it well our population is really low right so i think they decided they're going to accept in next like people who are already here and worked for the economy uh mm-hmm. and all those people even students and everything right so i think it's about 400,000 in next 3 to 4 years that's so many yeah. people they're going to get give uh, immigration like permanent residency to which is a crazy big number but it makes yeah, sense just, right because to mm-hmm. me like if you're here already right whether you're in a temporary visa like a temporary mm-hmm. work visa which mm-hmm. a lot lot of nannies and everyone like that come on and then yeah. you know like fast food workers and all that yeah or for sure here so, as a student right like it makes sense that they get some priority. yeah for sure and i know different countries right after students uh, complete their bachelor's or their uh, two-year program or their master's or whatever whatever they came here to do right after us has one of the most strictest policies in terms of staying and working here so first of oh, all okay. if you get a job it First of all, if you finish your degree, you complete, you have to leave the country within 60 days after really? graduation. Yeah, you oh. have to. Uh, otherwise, you're in unlawful status. So you're oh, living wow. without a status and you'll be deported and never I, come I, back. I, I for, think I think in Canada, Canada, it's a little bit similar. But what they do is uh, you have 90 days. If you don't apply mm-hmm. your, well, you have 90 days to get your work permit. If you don't, if you're, if you yeah, apply your gonna, work permit right away, if you can yeah. usually it takes a month but if even if it takes 90 days but as long as you have applied you're good to say you're not mm-hmm. unlawful yeah yeah so uh, I, how I was does that get work? to that point yeah so for here so once you're done your graduation or once you graduate from your course of study you can apply for something called uh op- opt called optional practical training so that means you can stay there and work depending on your major from 12 months to 36 months so a year to three three years if you're a business major you can only work a year uh if you're uh, in stem which is science technology engineering and mathematics major you can uh work work and stay there for three years but that's only if an employer sponsors you and gives you that optional practical training um and it has to be related to whatever you graduated in. So it doesn't mean if you graduated doing accounting, you can't get a job as a store manager at Walmart and get the, you know, <laughs> uh, work visa to stay. No. And I was reading on it. I knew this already, but it, it just confirmed that that my belief that right after 9-11, they yeah. really tightened the security. Okay. Just because couple of the people involved in it were they found out that they were student visa holders who overstayed their visa so now ever since then they have been so strict on uh pressuring colleges and universities to give information about people international students on student visas staying in the u.s and what the status status is literally each semester like how many courses they're taking which courses they're taking when is their visa expiring and when they're going to get out? Yeah, I think uh, Canada have made it a little bit stricter now because they are, they are uh-huh. kind of the, like before you were able to just drop your school for like, mm-hmm. you can just do one semester a year, but now you can't, you have to be in school. Otherwise, you know, you would never get your permanent residence or you would never get your visa actually uh-huh. if you do it that way. But yeah, that yeah. is crazy that you can't. Yeah, it is. And and just because of that, a lot of students have been deterred, literally turned off of the idea of going to study in the U.S. And they yeah. they make bank from international students. Like, why it's wouldn't crazy. you let them? Well, I think and it's in, I, isn't it the same. Sorry, sorry, Coach. Isn't it the same mm-hmm. in Australia? I think it's a little bit similar, right? Like, you have to go into so the So, they field. Australia lets you do it for 18 months. Okay. And that, that's what they recently changed it to. Because I think it was usually just a year. Uh, oh, maybe okay. less than that. Yeah. Well, they I've changed it after... After Trump administrations oh, messing things up for the United States uh, F1 visa, um, right after that, even UK, UK extended their visa, like work visa after studies to 24 months. That's crazy. It was it, it was only four months yeah, before it, this. In Canada, it depends on what's your courses. I think the maximum is three years. 
uh, the maximum visa you get is three years. But uh, it, yep. if you do a two-year diploma like I did, you get a three-year visa. But uh -huh. if you get, like, yeah. if you do one-year uh, diploma, one-year certificate, you get one-year visa, mm -hmm. like, work permit. Yeah, for sure. And I was reading these uh, stats from uh, U.S. Chamber of Commerce that said 25% of the startups in worth $1 billion in the U.S. were started by, were Founders who were international students. That's crazy. Twenty-five percent of startups that were worth one billion. A startup worth a billion. Can you imagine? Twenty-five mm. percent of them were international students in the U.S. Well, and it, it, it does make sense, though, right? Because yeah, uh, because when, when you think about it, those are the people who came from other countries, right? Yeah. They assimilated with the culture. They mm -hmm. were able to, you know push through all the hot because you, that's one of the toughest thing to do right when you especially oh, when yeah for sure like people who are alone right like don't have anyone mm -hmm. around have to yeah. do everything themselves and then you know for them if most people like especially to get to some universities and colleges in canada and usa it's really hard but if you're able mm -hmm. to get there you're probably the top bunch of course you'll <laughs> yeah you know, yeah for like sure this. and and also just if you come in as a student you acquire the skill when you graduate. You are most likely to spend money just living yeah. as other U.S. Uh, you know, citizens are living, spending money on things like entertainment or your utilities or whatever the case may be. You're going to spend money just studying there. And of course, you're going to contribute more to the economy once you want to stay here forever or for long terms, long period of time. So yeah. it, it, it just makes sense. And it, it eradicates the whole thing of, oh, you know, we shouldn't have skilled workers. They yeah. are skilled workers. I like know. they graduated uh, equal there's, there's to <laughs> their your U.S. peers or Here, Canadian peers. Yeah, here's the thing. And right? they're going to do equally well, if not 100, more. 100% of those are going to be educated and skilled. Right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and... That, that's the thing that doesn't make sense to me in terms of U.S. restricting well, these. I think, well, th that is one thing. I think what happens is, you know, it's it's masses that control these laws to a certain extent mm -hmm. because they carry oh, yeah. the, the voting, right? But I think... Yeah, the voting base. Yeah, the voting base don't understand the process, right? I've had this conversation with someone. Oh, yeah, when for I, when sure. I, I was living in Lloyd, right? I had to explain uh -huh. it to them how hard... It is just oh, yeah. to, like, it took me five years to get my permanent residency, right? But, yeah, and, and I was... It took me seven. Yeah, which is crazy, <laughs> right? And yeah. and then I had to explain to them how long is the whole process, you know, the fees yeah. you pay. And it's like, okay, then he, he understood it. He was pretty far left with most of his stuff. Yeah. But mm -hmm. that's, that's how it, it is. Yeah, I mean... Until unless you know someone who's an immigrant, if, if, if it's an immigrant friend or immigrant family or immigrant partner, there's no way. I, I don't mean as this as a disrespect to anyone, but there's no way you can begin to imagine the things you have to go through. Yeah. I th and I think people who are born here, uh, they, they don't understand, which is not their fault. But I'm just saying, because until unless you go through the experience of someone actually trying to get there. So just to get to the U.S., just on a student visa, the things and the time yeah. that I had to give to this process just to be here. And I think people just think like, oh, they just come here and they just bring their families along and yeah, then they do this and then leech off of the government. No, what are you talking about? Like, that that's not the reality. Well, I, that's just a narrative that yeah. people well, have been fed. I think, by... I think it's the easy way to out, right? Like, that's what all oh, they're just coming yeah. in and doing their jobs. Because most people who would say that, you know, like, who know themselves okay. working and would say that, it's just mm -hmm. because, you know, they are not motivated themselves, right? They don't yeah. want to do this. And I actually wanted to talk about these. There's so many immigration myths that are floating around, especially around undocumented immigrants which is a huge issue in u.s yeah, it's not as, as big here but as, it, it is an issue here as well but it's not as big. yeah yeah not as big because you the can canadians uh government definitely accepts way more refugees and are way more understanding that way i guess but yeah. uh, the first myth that i hear a lot is oh yeah these 
first of all, they use the term illegal. <laughs> I'm like, they're human being. No human being is illegal. Yep. First of all. Second of all, they're like, oh, they increase the crime rate. Statistically, this is that's why I pulled these. Yep. 11 million undocumented immigrants in 2016. This is by the latest I could find on undocumented immigrants. Yep. I know there are a lot more. There's probably double now. But... FBI states that over the 20 years, the crime rate has dropped to almost half mm-hmm. ever since the undocumented people have started coming through, which is way before than more than 20 well, years. And, and it, then, you know, to me, I found it funny. Sorry, just on this, right? If, if someone is living undocumented, right, they are fear yeah. of government, right? Because they, yeah, they, they don't want to be caught. I know. If you get caught, you're deported back. Yeah. Like that it's that's just, what people don't understand. It just like, doesn't use click. your brain. Jeez, Louise. Like all while the undocumented immigration tripled, but the crime went down by half in twenty years. And in twenty fifteen alone, USCIS, uh, which is the US immigration system here, removed hundred and thirty nine thousand illegal immigrants. Oh. I say illegal, but I should say undocumented because that's what they are. They're not legal, but it, it's just a term that I don't like. Yeah. Who were previously convicted of a crime. And I think people have this narrative that they don't get vetted as much as they should be. But oh, they do. No. I've seen it firsthand. Yeah. I've known people who have crossed the border, even from India, like, sort of, you know, um, getting yeah. out of the situation. Let it be religious. Let it be. They can't live there anymore. Uh, they're dangerous to their life. And... I've heard stories yeah. like the amount of vetting they do. They hold you in a detention center until you're clear that you're not a harm to the society in general in the U.S. Yeah. And they go back to your country. They reach out to immigration uh, officers in their like U.S. officials in that country because every country almost has a U.S. embassy in their country. So they go through the process they go through pol- police clearance all the claims that they've been or accusations or any police record that they might have yeah this is not that you just walk in and they'll just welcome you no it's not i, I it's not a vacation for them i know it's <laughs> literally life and death yeah. that's what they're escaping from and i don't think people understand uh, that part of it yeah and i want to go i know i'm taking a long time here but i want to also discuss the taking jobs from Americans. First of all, most of the immigrants, undocumented, this is just, I'm talking about undocumented immigrants, who come through, I pull the statistics and it says 8.1 million are working or are looking for work. And the work that they get yeah, is usually construction, Which it's is usually cleaning, or usually farming, because 47% of the undocumented immigrants don't have even a high school diploma. Yeah. And they can't apply for other jobs. What jobs are they taking? I know. Like, what no, are you talking sp- about? Especially in US, right? Where I think your minimum wage is $7 or seven twenty five. Seven twenty five. Right? Yeah. It, Federal wage. Yeah. It's double here. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> anyways, but like no one is going to work at a farm at that rate. Like no American, right? No, no American bottom. No, and they, they are... Yeah, they are ready to accept lower wages uh, because they don't. They know they well, don't they have don't, the skills. Yeah, they don't have the options too, right? Because yeah, they, they it's to. not like they could just walk in McDonald's and get a job because they don't have a social security number. Yeah, they can't get cleared, and, <laughs> they, and they can't get a social security number. And that is one of the reasons, right? You're able to produce cheap uh, labor, and then that leads yeah. to cheap, cheap fruits and cheap vegetables from the farms. And yeah, all it's that, actually right? quite the quite the opposite these people are getting ripped off i know you know <laughs> like that's against the law i yeah. know it's against the law to unlawfully get over this side of the border yeah but they're literally fleeing death war and crimes or the immediate danger to their life or their families and i don't think people understand and just the undocumented immigrants make more than five percent of the total labor force in the u.s it's which crazy. is ridiculous to me yeah <laughs> and then as i said 47 percent of them don't have a high school education so they can't just you know walk in and get a job at walmart and meanwhile only eight percent of the native-born americans are 
the ones that don't have high school diploma. So yeah. see the comparison there. Like there's, it's not even close. I think people just like to hate on it just because they think, oh, they're taking our jobs. Yeah. Their crime rate is going up, but it's not. If you look at the statistics, it's not. It's actually the opposite, to be honest. And obviously, they're going to be bad fruit in, you know, every what? bunch of people. Yeah, that yeah. And it's, it's just, it's life. It's humans. You know, it, we're going to have some uh, people that do mess things up for other people or they do commit crime. But it's not like they're not being deported. The USCIS and especially ICE and the Trump administration has been literally ripping families apart. And some of them were born here. Like, yeah. what are what are they supposed to do? <laughs> you know, it's so it's just thing. ridiculous. And another thing that I hear from them or people is, oh, the undocumented immigrants aren't paying any taxes. First of all, <laughs> they pay tax when they buy a candy. They pay tax when they buy gas from the gas station yeah you know any they, they buy groceries they pay sales tax they pay property tax and also they pay income tax even though they not have social security number there's something called i10 number um which is basically individual tax identification number from the irs that irs okay. issues for someone who doesn't have a social security number they do funnel their money that way and that equates to 11 billion dollars every year that's crazy. 11 billion. And then people have the audacity to say, oh, they don't pay any taxes. They're paying more than you. They're yeah. paying more than you who are trying to avoid tax and have a legalized way of avoiding these taxes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if they are legalized, they're going to pay $2 billion more each year from yeah. 11 to 13. And this statistics that I'm pulling is actually from 2016. So in 2021... It's a lot higher than that. Yeah. There's no way because there's undocumented immigrants have skyrocketed. Um, so it it just pisses me off, I guess. That's why I'm so passionate about it. It's yeah. like uh, until, more... unless you're in somebody else's shoes and until unless you know someone who's an immigrant, let alone a legal one or someone undocumented without their papers. Yeah. It's, it's until it happens to you, <laughs> you don't understand the actual stress and the their life that the things that they have to go through everything that everything that you don't even think about you or you don't even have to think about just stepping out their house is terrifying yeah i know it, 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 i think that that's the worst thing people do is you know they assume stuff rather than putting yeah, putting them sure. in someone else's shoes right yeah which is really um, really hard to do yeah i, I mean, I mean I can't believe that number of 28% still see them as a burden, <laughs> like still legal or illegal, see them as a burden on the country. No, they're not. They're no. contributing way more than some of the people that are actual well, citizens. Here's the thing, like people who, especially, you know, people who have been, you know, going away from situations where it's bad, like, mm -hmm. for example, us, for example, right, our countries where we come from, India or Punjab, for example, there was no future there eventually, right? Like, that's what we see. That's one of the main reasons yeah. we kind of got out of India. And, you know, to me, people don't understand that for us, this is our chosen land, right? If, yeah. And we, we are going to, uh, we're not going to mess it up. We're not going to, you know, no. like we're going to make sure we do our best job to be as idle citizens as we can be right and yeah it's a good citizen because you you want to blend in yeah there's nothing more that you want to do as a foreigner or as an immigrant just to blend in than to just blend in the society like yeah. you you try so hard I, and it's coming from a personal perspective just coming here on a legal student visa that now i'm a green card holder for but it's just you try so hard to be part of the society and you don't want to stand out in terms of doing anything illegal, which is yeah. the term deterrent to uh, your actual visa status and which could affect and send you back home yeah, and get you deported. And it's just when I say home, like I've been here for almost eight years now, like I think about the life in India and I'm like, how did I live I almost like 20 years of my life there? And now everything is like upside down and I, I can't even imagine going back but 
imagine the people who have been sent back imagine the people who have been deported who yeah. who were born here like yeah, and it's going to be ridiculous that's thing like can you imagine you know like someone some of my friends who were born here and they get yeah. asked to go live in india but they don't know anyone or if they do it's just like the distant relative they don't have any property they don't have anything yeah it's and crazy and especially times, cunt, it's even it's really hard to make out there it's uh, i'm not saying it's easy to make in here but it is because canada usa and all these countries they do provide a good opportunity whereas those countries sure. there's no opportunities right yeah because they as we talked about in the other episode with the the corruption and things going on there like yeah. let's take literal like a recent example of what's going on in afghanistan yeah um it, as just the topic in itself um taliban have completely taken over um the president of afghanistan had fled yeah. out of the country and the people are literally left to fend for themselves yeah. like their people hanging from the u.s airplanes cargo planes and literally I dying I saw, i saw those videos yeah it's it's, it's so disturbing what what and i then, didn't really so, sorry since we we're on the topic i didn't really mm-hmm. like is the response from us and uk they're saying oh we were never there to fix the nation you know the thing the is yeah, yeah. It, it is it goes both ways because we were there for 20 years uh yeah. trump administration decided we're going to pull out troops on may 1st 2021 Yeah. When Biden administration took over, they had no choice but to abide by that. Yeah. They had a choice. They could have said, "Oh no, we're going to stay," but that was risking retaliation from Taliban, yeah. which they had subdued for so long. They were been trying to not have a confrontation in that way and have bloodshed, which has been going on for decades now. Yeah. And to me, now when they're pulling out, the to me the main point is the afghan soldiers or the afghan army they just left right yeah they left they didn't want to fight yeah. we spent 1 trillion dollars the us spent trillion dollars in two decades to they me they didn't want to fight yeah. they left to me all that money that us spent all that yeah. you know arms and ammunition all that is mm-hmm. with taliban now and they're going to be more powerful yeah, than sure. ever right they It are more powerful kind of... than ever because they think oh we we fought the us for 20 years and we won yeah basically who has ever done that and which then, country has ever won over the us yeah. fighting after 20 years and then and not probably, just us us canada uk, UK australia natural yeah right? not yeah natural the whole the, all the countries yeah. and us was the biggest donor we literally paid for their salaries for those officials they literally up and left what are you supposed to do i understand yeah. both ways i know, I know the people in afghanistan are left begging please take us out of here cuz we're going to die especially the people i wanted to come to the point that people who helped us uk and canada they're going to be held as refugees in these countries i really hope all of them get out yeah. i know can- by us forces yeah, yeah i think canada and did say that they're going to accept i think 20 22000 or 20, something 20000 yeah afghanistan uh, residents as refugees which is yeah. great because they should be there are translators that help the us and native forces and then yeah. there are journalists people who worked at us right. embassies there are cleaners who worked at us embassies what do you think taliban's going to go do with them yeah. and then people like that flee their country literally saving trying to save their life and their family's life and they yeah. come to US and then you get this propaganda of oh yeah undum- undocumented immigrants are this undocumented immigrants are that yeah. like what are they supposed to do they're not here for a vacation they want to come here for a better life and work yeah. every immigrant you ask want to work <laughs> they don't want to fend off of just you know or leech off of a government yeah because that's just being here they're so grateful and i can say that from a personal standpoint yeah and for us both no i so, yeah i met a few people who have gone through all the refugee process right all that process yeah yeah and me it's, too it's it's been hell for most of those people right or what yeah, they've been already same. through and then what they have to do here yeah to, to get what they have back. to do to just belong just to get a sense of belonging they're not here nor there like they can't go back to syria or afghanistan same with syrian refugees like almost the whole world literally bombarded yeah. the place yeah. they literally 
tore their houses down and then what they supposed just to left. Do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what are they supposed to do? Where are they supposed to go? That's what like put yourself in those people's shoes and especially in Afghanistan now what's going on. Like wouldn't you do anything and everything in your power to save your family? Yeah. To provide for your family? Like that's what they're doing. Yeah. And and it's just the the narrative that it's just more political than it is on a human level and yeah. which which is the worst thing that you can do and this is the cause of the major difference here yeah no i agree yeah i mean this i guess this whole rant about immigration <laughs> for me especially was just that i'm really something that i'm really passionate about and especially coming from personal point of views and yeah Um, 100% what we have th- been through I think that's that's what irks me right that when people talk about all the stuff and they've mm-hmm. never been through they're just lucky to be born in a yeah. country like this right and then they're yeah. still complaining which is the funniest thing to me <laughs> yeah and then any immigrant you ask they'll definitely say how grateful they are to be here now yeah, no matter where they come from they're here now and that's what matters for them and yeah. if they can do that for their family why not they're contributing yeah. part of the society and they want to be a model citizen for just to stay here just to enjoy these freedoms and liberties that you know people in our countries or here have in north america i guess or in western countries yeah uh well i think uh hopefully you know anybody listening to this or anybody who mm-hmm. did not know about the topic might gain something from it and you know if uh for sure I think it's good to have the conversation. I think that's what does mm-hmm. not happen. I've had experiences in the back where I thought I should have talked to people, you know, people who mm-hmm. had a different perspective because they yeah. never saw the other picture. So no. I I do feel like I should have talked, but I I have uh, started doing that now like if they if I do see someone yeah, who doesn't sure. understand. I think it's mostly people don't understand other people's perspective because they've never seen yeah. that, right? And if again, I hate repeating myself, but if if it hasn't happened to you in your personal life or somebody that you know in your personal life i don't expect you to understand but maybe through Talk mediums like it. this like podcasts yeah. like youtube or whatever you're listening it from like this is why one of the reasons we wanted to do this podcast cuz there's so many of us when i say us people from our just our school uh probably listening to this but also who are also you know here in Canada or US or Australia or New Zealand or anywhere in the Europe uh, from just our class and I, I think it's important to talk about these things and yeah. things that actually matter. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I really hope you guys enjoyed our conversation today and I hope to or we hope to see you soon on the next next episode as well. Um be sure to uh subscribe be sure to uh just leave us a review and let us know what you think about our podcast our episodes and point of views and if you have your comments please feel free to leave them in the comment section the review section wherever you're listening so without any further ado i guess that's it for this episode uh we'll see you in the next one All right